Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. After it was listed, she certainly has our recommendation. Folks, it takes a top-notch agent to be able to sell homes year-round. That's why we started the Endorsed Local Provider Program 15 years ago. Our real estate ELPs are expert agents in your area who have what it takes to sell your home for top dollar. Whether it's sunny or snowing outside, connect with an ELP near you at DaveRamsey.com. Get online and find an agent who provides results, not excuses. Go to DaveRamsey.com and find your ELP today. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. I'm Jen Lesher, CNBC Radio. Stocks are moving higher on the first day of trading of 2017. Telecom and healthcare companies are making some of the biggest gains. The Dow is up 57 points, the S&P 512. But stocks lost some of their earlier gains after oil prices turned lower, falling to below $53 a barrel. The manufacturing sector continued its recovery and ended 2016 with a higher-than-expected 1% gain. Builders boosted spending on construction projects projects for a second straight month in November, pushing activity to its highest level in more than a decade. The Atlanta Fed says the economy is on track to grow at a 3% pace in the fourth quarter, higher than its previous estimate of 2.5%. And Ford says it will cancel a $1.5 billion factory in Mexico and will instead add 700 jobs in Michigan to build electronic and autonomous vehicles. John Lesher, CNBC Radio. Katie, where's your Jergens? My lotion? Here in the shower where it belongs. Wait, in the shower? Yeah, Mom. I use wet skin moisturizer from Jergens. It instantly locks in moisture from my shower, so my skin stays soft and luminous all day without that sticky lotion feel. Moisture without that heavy feel? Can I borrow your Jergens wet skin moisturizer? And who said Mom always knows best? <laughs> You're more than just a pretty face. Jergens. Get half a Pizza Hut, a pizza online for a limited time. Right now, menu price pizzas from Pizza Hut are half off when you order online. Yes, you heard that right. 50%, 5 Original Pan Supreme, half off. Meat lovers, half off. Can't decide, still half off. But hurry, this New Year's deal won't last long. January 9th, to be exact. 50% off Pizza Hut Pizza, because no one out pizzas the Hut. Ask click for this limited time offer. Menu price pizzas only, online only. Discount not applicable to tax, delivery charge, or driver tip. News Radio. I'm Lisa Carter. 
Capitol Hill is buzzing as the 115th Congress gets down to business. The clerk gaveling the House to order, Vice President Joe Biden doing the same in the Senate. Biden then started swearing in new and returning members. Do you solemnly swear that you will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that you will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that you take this oath this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion and that you will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which you're about to enter so help you god i do, I do. congratulations this might be a bit awkward aides to former president bill clinton and presidential nominee hillary clinton say the two will attend donald trump's inauguration on january 20th Meanwhile, change of plans. House Republicans dropping efforts to weaken the independent Office of Congressional Ethics. After a firestorm of controversy, House Republicans held an emergency meeting to remove the plan from a package of rules that will be voted on today. Leaders on both sides of the aisle oppose the ethics rules change. Fox News anchor Megan Kelly is joining NBC News. Kelly will anchor a new one-hour daytime show that she will develop with other NBC News colleagues. The multi-year agreement also calling for Kelly to anchor a new Sunday evening program. Wonder Twin Powers activate. There's a kid out there who definitely has his brother's back. In a video now gone viral, a two-year-old Utah boy is shown lifting and pushing a large dresser that had fallen on his twin. I looked on the camera to see if they were still sleeping, and I had just seen the dresser toppled over, and I, of course, started panicking. Mom says on the day it happened, she woke up late, wondered why the boys were so quiet. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. From the KCAA Weather Center, I'm Tom Ladd. For this afternoon, chance of showers mainly before 4 p.m. today. It'll be mostly cloudy with a high near 54. Chance of showers before 10 tonight. It'll be cloudy with a low of 42. It'll be sunny Tuesday. Expect a high of 58. Cloudy Tuesday night with a low near 45. Sunny Wednesday. Expect a high of 61. And a chance for rain Wednesday night. Cloudy with a low near 48. That's your weather forecast for this hour from KCAA 1050 AM 1. 6.5 FM and now 102.3 FM. Three and one, the trifecta of talk in Southern California. Moms and dads, do you remember the fun you had going to the theater when you were a kid and watching great movies? I haven't had anything like it since I was a kid. You can share those moments and movies with your family. Well, then why didn't you say so? Using the new Spider app, available for both your Apple and Android devices. It's a free download. I'd be a fool not to at that price. Treat your family to great entertainment. That's S-P-Y-D-A-R. Spider. Do it now. You're listening to KCAA, your good neighbor along the way. Welcome to Smart Health Talk with your host, Elaine McFadden. Take a walk on the wild side. Will the birds and the bees survive? Right before me, my newfound hippie side. Once ignored these conspiracies online At the window, visions of the earth Sign me up now, make sure you use your smile 
Welcome to Smart Health Talk with your host, Elaine McFadden. Welcome, everyone. Thanks a lot for joining us right here on KCA and Smart Health Talk radio show. We're thrilled to have you be listening to our program. And if you're a local here in the Inland Empire, you probably know how many citrus trees that we have growing in this area. Well, this is actually a a pretty big deal because um, it's a very big part of people's lives around here, how they make a living. Uh, Not just that, but we get a chance to have fresh, great oranges right here in our backyard, which most people don't get. Uh, But this is a big part of our economy, the citrus industry, and they are being attacked right now by something that is pretty much wiping out millions of citrus trees globally. This is uh, something that some of our top scientists have been involved in and trying to figure out what should we, what do we do to stop the dying of all of these trees? How do we stop it? What are we doing wrong? These are the questions that a lot of people have been answering, and it's been really hard to find a solution to stop the, the madness, the death of millions of these citrus trees. And some of them could have been growing for decades, you know, so it is a really big loss. And the solution has been to spray pesticides, lots of pesticides. And that may not be the best solution. As a matter of fact, that may be part of the problem. And we're looking for answers. We're looking for answers because we want to help our local farmers. We want to stop having to spray all these pesticides. We want to try to work towards a better system that's going to help keep our communities safe because this really is a community-wide problem. They're coming into our neighborhoods and spraying for this disease. They're spraying pesticides on our organic gardens, on on our neighbors' yards that are drifting over onto our organic gardens. Um, they're spraying and around people's houses that have multiple chemical sensitivities or fighting cancer, um, our pregnant women. Uh, it's just not right, our, our, our approach, in my opinion, because it can actually create a lot more health problems. Uh, just looking at that part of it, and then when we look at the part of the what's going on with our orchards and... Uh, our citrus trees and the huge loss that we have, uh, not just in revenue, but people's livelihoods. And uh, it's something that uh, we want to get answers for. And so we are very, very thrilled to have someone that can bring us some answers. They've been looking for them, very knowledgeable on with experience, trying out different combinations of things. But it's not just that, but it's the resources and the tools uh, that our expert Frank Dean has to work with and he's going to take us through the whole process from what's happening to the trees um, to what they see as the problem and how they're approaching this problem with some new and creative uh, 
solutions. So I just want to welcome uh, Frank Dean from Performance Nutrition. Hey, Frank, are you there? Yes. Good afternoon. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you perfect. Right on. Okay, good. good. Okay, we're ready to rock and roll here about how to save our citrus trees. And um, that's something that... Uh, I think is near and dear to a lot of people's hearts here in this area right here, and I know definitely in the Florida area. And and what are some of the other areas around our country that have a lot of citrus? Uh, the entire south. Texas is big. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, and and Florida. So south, uh, uh, southern California. It's it's a uh, it's a big deal. Yeah, I never really thought that much about Texas being a big citrus area, but I'm definitely taking your word for it because I'm taking yeah. your word for a lot of things because I I am not an expert in this area at all. I'm just kind of like been learning about the problems that these farmers are facing, and you must hear some really hard luck stories there from some of these farmers that have been hit by this uh, green, right. greening disease in the Asian citrus psyllid. Right, right. And so you have to ask yourself, what's going on with citrus? And when, you know, the, it's being affected by a disease that really can't be identified. The name of the disease is Candidatus liberobacter. Candidatus means candidate for a disease. Liberobacter means if it's ever characterized. So that's the that's where you start with this, and it just can't be controlled. So what what's happening? The fruit's not ripening. The yields are lower. Very poor quality. Things aren't right, and pesticides and fertilizers don't seem to help. So that made me begin to think of this whole idea of metabolism. And when you think of metabolism, it's a set of life sustaining chemical transformations within the cells of all living organisms. And all chemical pesticides act to black, block the metabolism of the tree. I have no so the picture. <laughs> do, do we have video for you? Because I'm not seeing your I'm not seeing your hands and face. There we are. There we go. There's Frank. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. There all we right. are. Okay. Well, so, yeah. I was just waiting to see, get to see you while you were talking. So we're we're good now. So go ahead and uh, you were explaining to us about the metabolism of the plant. Yeah, because the fruits are misshapen. They have a bacterial disease. They're poor color. They taste really bad. Pesticides and fertilizers don't help. And so we uh, we have to ask ourselves what's going on because the insects and if you look at the world holistically. You see the insects and bacteria and fungi and plant disease. They're really nature's garbage collectors. And it's, a, it's an indication that something's wrong with the, with the system. So my idea is, it's, this is not my idea, this, this is actually referenced, that it's either nutrient deficient or it's a metabolic disorder. And uh, I had a hypothesis that I made assumptions before we started that the bacteria was there uh, all along, and the psyllid was attracted uh, by the poor color of the plant. Okay, so I had that idea that the plants had, th- these trees had resistance to the disease, and now they no longer can c- control it. And I just thought it was all caused primarily by increasing frequency and increasing the rate of pesticide applications. You know, 20 years ago in citrus, there was relatively few things people did. They went out and fertilized, put a little bit of copper out there, and they got a crop. 
now they're spraying all the time year-round. So I began to think it was the accumulation of pesticides in the soil and that these pesticides suppress the compounds that are critical to the tree's health and the tree's plant defense system. And uh, this is exacerbated by changes in the soil microbial ecosystem. So what we began to look at is the changes that have been made in cultural practices in the orchards over the past few years. And if we remember, uh, uh, farming just not too long ago was very labor-intensive and uh, very uh, chemically uh, uh, reliant. Uh, uh, Then we went from the chemical reliance to chemical dependency. And from there, we went from good farming practices, and all those were abandoned, in favor of expedient uh, practices. And then years of unrestricted uh, applications of pesticides led to a tipping point for an indicator crop. And all I'm saying is an indicator crop is uh, uh, something like a a citrus grove that is uh, maybe susceptible uh, and, and showing indications that there's toxicity in the environment and it just happens to be that the citrus was the weakest one in the chain and began to show the events first. So in a broad sense, I say a metabolic disorder is any disease that's caused by abnormal chemical reaction in the cells. And when those cells, uh, uh, when, when the metabolism of the cells are suppressed, it causes a buildup of toxic substances in the organism or a deficiency of something that's needed for normal function. And it, that's no different than diabetes or gout or, or things that happen in people. It just so happens that some of these uh, uh, herbicides we're using are called non-selective, uh, 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 non-selective herbicides. That means they kill everything. And, and so some of them uh, block essential amino acids. And uh, some of those amino acids are very, very important not only for trees, but for people. But if you block those essential amino acids like tryptophan, you cannot make a rooting hormone. If you block the essential amino acids, you you block phenylalanine. And those are the lignin substrates. Those are natural antibiotics that the plant makes called uh, uh, phytolaxins. It also blocks the, the flavonoids for pigments uh, it, it blocks the entire metabolic pathway used to produce the uh, four chimeral coenzyme A, which is another problem that occurs in citrus, is this idea of the post-bloom fruit drop. And uh, this is a relatively new occurrence, but had the plant been able to produce its own, uh, uh, <coughs> its, its own essential amino acids, that disease would not be a problem. Uh, and tyrosine is blocked, and that's also converted to a, a, a phytolaxin. And, and then what I'm hearing, what you're talking about with the flavonoids and that, uh, that is, those are also antioxidants that are important. Right. And exactly they're important right. for the plant and then for us to eat them. And exactly we, right. We, yeah, and we did have uh, kind of a mini discussion on the Arctic apple, which is the new GMO apple that is a non-browning apple. It's like, oh, thank you so much, Monsanto, that we were just like sitting up nights worrying about browning apples. But 
um, you know, they pretty much substituted this ability of the apple to not brown for right. the ability of the apple to to make antioxidants within the the plant and also for us to eat. So as a dietitian, I'm thinking, wait a minute, what's going on there? You know, we're blocking formation of antioxidants. Isn't that what I'm supposed to be helping people get more of to prevent chronic disease? (laughs) Exactly right. Exactly right. And you have to think of it as antioxidants are really free radical inhibitors. And a free radical is a chemical that is ready to react. It reacts with anything. It's akin to uh, having a bear rip your arm off. That's how quick those reactions occur. It is, it's going to happen. The reaction is going to happen. The free radical is going to uh, uh, bind or, or break something, but it is, going to, it is going to affect something. So taking the uh, uh, flavonoids out or blocking them from ever being produced that 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 becomes a real problem, especially for for uh, people who are concerned about what they consume. But well, we know. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Explain. We yeah, know. tell us. T- take us to the next level here. <laughs> well, we know that some of these pesticides have very long half lives in the soil, and but they can be released. And we know that glyphosate actually blocks this essential amino acid production, which gets right into uh, what we're talking about is. What is it that we're doing uh, uh, commercially that's uh, – think of it like this. Every time I've ever had a problem in my life, when I sit back and think of it and if I'm honest with myself, I – 95, 98 percent of the time, I had my finger in creating that problem, whether it's (laughs) money or family or or, uh, neighbors or, or anything. A job, you know, somehow I had my finger in, 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 in producing it. So that's how I look at the world. But when we look at uh, uh, this uh, glyphosate and we, and, we, and we see what it's blocking, it blocks the essential amino acids. However, it's, it's commonly used and, and, and accepted as something that's supposed to be very, very uh, safe and environmentally friendly. But it is also a biocide. A biocide is a little different than a herbicide because a biocide says it has the ability to kill anything at certain concentrations. It doesn't matter if it's a bacteria, a fungi, a blade of grass, or a tree. And so over time, if it's not being, say, metabolized in the soil or catabolized, broken apart, that it begins to build up to toxic concentrations. And that's, you know, that, that was my thesis on the front end. It also, because it's a biocide, kills all the bacteria and fungi and insects and uh, amoebas and everything else in the soil that make all the mineral nutrition available. So the plant begins to be, the tree begins to get, uh, become starved for mineral nutrition that, and that's uh, also essential for its, uh, uh, well-being. But when we look at what, what we think, it, it says that, Glyphosate uh, is the shikimate pathway, and that blocks your phenolics and your signal molecules in the plant. So the plant, even if it begins to get sick, it can't signal the rest of the tree to get well. It blocks your plant hormones, so it can't produce roots. It blocks your amino acids, so it can't produce proteins or signal molecules. 
it blocks the plant's innate uh, ability to produce phytolaxins, which are the antibiotics that should prevent it from getting disease. It blocks the, the entire phenylpropanoid pathway, and it blocks the pigments, flavors, antibiotics. And when it does that, it blocks pathogen containment and subarin, which holds the cells together, and the polyaromatics, which are your antioxidants. So it's a, it's, it's, it's a very diabolical chemical, I think. Well, Frank, and those things that you're talking about that you just listed right there, because I, I think some people wonder, like, how come, how come this isn't like a crispy apple or how come this peach is all pithy? And when, right. when we get down to the level that you were just describing to us, that's actually an interference with creating strong cellular walls. That's exactly right. Um, within the within the fruit, and so when you have when you have these nutrients missing, so that when it goes to build uh, the cellular walls, and and like you said, the the oils and the other antioxidants and things that are supposed to be in there that we in turn hope to get from that plant, um, you're you're affecting the structure so that it will be mushy and pithy and not crispy. And also the taste, the flavor, the color, all those things that we look for and love and fruits and vegetables, they're taking it away from us, Frank. <laughs> That's, they, they truly are. They truly are. And if you grow cucumbers in your yard or if you grow tomatoes in your yard, uh, you know exactly what, what, what the difference is between that and something you get uh, at the store. You, it's, it's, it becomes so obvious and apparent. Uh, it spoils it, differently because um, I've watched. It spoils uh, very fast. Yes, and in a whole different way because I, I had a, a solid black on the outside organic apple and I had some people over and I said, so what do you guys think this is going to look like on the inside? Um, because this is an organic banana. And when I peel it, it's still yellow and firm on the, right. on the inside where the, organ- the non-organic bananas will get black and mushy. And just literally like disintegrate into like this mush, more so than stay firm and yellow like the organic banana. And I just see such a big difference in how things spoil. You know, like you mentioned the cucumbers, to not have that crunchy cucumber that like, you know, when you bite it, it kind of does that little bit of a crackle thing uh, that it's supposed to do. And instead, it's just like rubbery. Right. All right. all of these things, but that nutrition, what you were talking about, about the free radicals and explain to people like how what free radicals can contribute to um, in our bodies and also in plants when we don't have those antioxidants to neutralize those free radicals. Oh, free radicals. Like I said, they're akin to something very dangerous. Um you know, if they're near your chromosomes, they can rip apart your DNA in your cell. If they're near your skin cell, they can, you know, uh, give you a dead cell. They're very dangerous. Uh, if you breathe them in, you know, you could end up with lung disease. It's, it's uh, they're scary little uh, bugs. It's a crapshoot, really, is the way I look yes. at it. And the best defense is having lots of antioxidants in your body. Right. That's your best defense, and it obviously is the best defense for the plant, too, but, you know, I guess uh, glyphosate was first patented as a chelator because it binds to minerals, and and that's what you're describing to us is happening 
when we apply this, it's happening in the soil, it's happening on the plant. Now, I was like going through looking at some some glyphosate products and the, the kind that would be used by a farmer. And I know that there is this like surfactant that they put in these pesticides. Um, besides the glyphosate, there's other ingredients in there that they don't have to tell us what they are. But this one product was bragging that it was like 15%. It was a Roundup product. It was 15% surfactant. And I've been told by scientists that that can be more toxic than the glyphosate. There's right, surfactant. Right. And so they're, you know, it sounds to me like they're selling products that haven't even, and that makes it penetrate into the plant. I'm thinking, gosh, are they selling pesticides that have even more of this toxic surfactant than other forms of it? And, you know, what's happening there with this adding this toxicity and making it penetrate even deeper into the plant? I mean, are right. am I, I mean, is are these things, you know, like how does all this work? Oh, that's exactly how it works. It, the, the glyphosate molecule gets, uh, uh, the, the surfactant, the cuticle on a plant is supposed to be protective, but the surfactant can sort of melt that wax and take the toxin directly into the plant uh, <coughs> or your skin. Uh, so it, it just works that well. Uh, it just things make it, they pen, the chemicals penetrate so easily uh, and effort, effortlessly with the surfactant. That's why they use them. But yeah, uh, we uh, getting back to this. Uh, when I first put my hypothesis together, I began to do a lot of reading, and they said it was caused by a bacterium, and it was vectored by a psyllid. The infection took five years to show disease, but if I took a disease tree sap and injected it into a healthy tree, the healthy tree never got sick. So that fails something called Koch's postulates, and we haven't overcome that, that with that. So that made me believe you have to start thinking what came first, the chicken or the egg. Uh, why did the psyllid begin to show up uh, on citrus? And what I said was is citrus greening is actually compartmentalization and concentration of toxic substances either made or acquired by the tree. And it shows up as yellow tissue. Now, Dr. Tim Spann, uh, who was with uh, IFAS at the University of Florida, uh, put together a paper years ago, and he said the psyllid was attracted to the yellow tissue in the tree. And that's different from what they're saying now. What they're saying now is, is that the yellow tissue was caused by the psyllid. And years ago, when this very first started, uh, Dr. Tim Spann said that the yellow tissue was the uh, attractant. Well... That's what uh, the glyphosate or the uh, systemic uh, uh, non-selective herbicide looks like. It produces a yellow leaf. It deforms the leaves. It makes short internodes. The flowering is uh, uh, abnormal. And you get pathogen resistance challenges because you don't have your phytolaxins because your amino acids are blocked. So all I said was let's just remove the toxins. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So let's just ask the guys to please cut back on their use of herbicides and insecticides. Uh, let's add the minerals that are blocked uh, by the herbicides. And uh, the greening should disappear on new growth. And sure enough, it did. So... Then we began to understand that bioremediation of the soil is the only effective way to cure this problem. And so what we did is we found some product that would uh, actually catabolize the glyphosate and, and chew it up, and the trees began to get better. And then all we do after that is foliar apply what the toxins block. So we started working with a guy who had uh, 40 acres, and we treated 20 acres and – Uh, we told them to please cut back on your fertilizers and use microbial biofertilizers, which is a product we, we call NutriSmart. We asked them to reduce their insecticide sprays, again, because all pesticides act to block metabolism. So the insecticides are actually blocking metabolism in, in the insects, but How do we know it's not really uh, uh, just adding to the damage uh, 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 that the bacteria is? And we asked them to change their herbicide programs. And three months after we started, all the leaves started coming out clean, no mottled color, good spacing, and flowers were on the apex of the leaves. Uh, on the untreated, we still had the death blooms, uh, which is instead of the tree producing leaves, it produces, say, 20 to 50 blooms on the end of a branch. Well, that's just the tree's last attempt to produce seed for the next generation because it's dying. And so that's called a death bloom. Uh, that sounds sad. <laughs> I, yeah, feel, I feel really bad for the plant. It's like, you know, it's like you've been purposely poisoning it and, and sentencing it to death, like put it on death row in a way by these practices that, that they were doing. And so you had a control of 20 trees that you didn't do anything. No, 20 acres. Oh, 20, 20 acres. acres. And yes. they, they had no leaves. Uh, the control had no leaves and just these right. death blooms on there. And then right. the, the other, the other 20 acres that you were working with that you had treated. Now, what was it you treated with them? You treated well, them we, with? We put the microbial biofertilizer down on the ground called NutriSmart. We asked them to please uh, cut back on their fertilizer, herbicide, and insecticide sprays. And about a month later, we go back and foliar apply the minerals and the amino acids that are blocked by the toxins. That's it. And That's it. That, and so that, that kind of helped. Re that helps to kind of reboot the tree. Uh, It lets the tree get healthy, and then the tree begins producing green leaves again, and the silage are no longer attracted. Over time, we have demonstrated with the USDA uh, at the University of Colorado, we have demonstrated that we've begun 
to have the trees produce their own amino acids again. So we have that that work is actually done. Uh, we we have demonstrated that the RDNA of the bacteria uh, is eliminated, or the teeter of it gets so low it's 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 difficult to count. So we know that cutting the fertilizers and cutting the pesticides and applying what they block and cleaning up the soil solves the problem. Well, and it it totally makes sense when you think about it that you know that this would be the the problem and that this would be the solution based on what these pesticides do in the soil and the plants. Right, right. So all I all I was thinking was is that a metabolic disorder is any disorder that involves the alteration of normal production and consumption of carbohydrates, lipids, which are fats, proteins, plant hormones, and the nucleic acids. And those metabolic disorders are evidenced by various uh, syndromes and disease symptoms. So that includes the shape of the fruit, the size of the fruit, and the color and luster of the plants. And all I said was, is I think it is a limited size of the amino acid pool the fatty acids, the micronutrients, and a bit of, and, and a buildup of metabolic precursors, which is you know the same thing that happens in say gout and and uh, diabetes in people when well, we get out of sync. Well, actually, Doctor Doctor um, Shriva Ayudari, um, he he has like four MIT degrees and created this computer model called Cytosolve, and he put in eleven thousand research studies on glyphosate, and what he found. Because he well he was looking for the difference between a GMO seed and a real seed, and what he found in the GMO seeds because this is something that they have used to get approval for GMOs is they say that they're equivalent to real seeds, right. and right. what he found is that this is this is not true. And he kind of it kind of reminds me a lot of what what you found, Frank, because what he discovered is that there would be normally you would have a a constant level of glutathione. In the right. the seed, which is the antioxidant, which neutralizes any toxins, and the toxin right. that accumulates in the seed would be formaldehyde, which right. is you know a toxin. But the glutathione would help neutralize the formaldehyde as it was formed. Well, he found that in GMO seeds, you have this accumulation of formaldehyde, and right. the glutathione decreases, which you never That's see right. in a real seed. That's right. That's right. So, that's what, right. and so, so, how would you explain that and what you've learned? Well, uh, just like what what they're saying, we you know the formaldehyde is a cancer causing agent. That's number one, and the uh, glutathione is. I have always thought of it as a chaperone for uh, heavy metals and bad chemicals, because inside our cells we have uh, vacuoles, which are storage units. And we can use our glutathione to sort of grab a hold of the toxin and scoot it over to the vacuole. And then it could be stored there and later taken apart to where it's not so dangerous. If you don't have the glutathione, then you have the toxic just floating around in your cell. So it becomes very uh, – it's, it's a scary thought. But, yeah, that's right. That Yeah. And so – go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say that um, also that – you know, the other things that you were saying about the metabolism 
it and the you know the plant being able to make its own anti uh, amino acids again it reminds me of what this one farmer they were trying to describe uh, hydroponics which is kind of along the same lines in that the plant isn't really reaching its true nutrient potential which is right. what I want to accomplish because that means people are getting the most nutrition per calorie from the foods that they eat. Right. Um, and that's how you prevent chronic disease and death. <laughs> kind of like what I want to do. Uh, right. but yeah, these, um, so the, the change in the metabolism where it's, it, it's not able to have all the minerals that it needs for one thing that that, greatly limits all different kinds of enzyme reactions and not being able to metabolize the amino acids, but getting dependent. It's almost like uh, when someone, you know, does meth or cocaine for a long period of time, it makes the serotonin for them or you become dependent on these other painkillers. Your body shuts down its own production because it's getting it from this outside source. And that's what you were talking about. And this one farmer described... Uh, plants and that were grown hydroponically as zombies on life support. Right. And, and like you, what you were saying that these plants in the soil and this whole system became dependent by all these inputs that would have to come from the outside, all these fertilizers that were, you know, made from natural gas and these other outside inputs. Instead of having a system that is a regenerative, self-sustaining system to where it's able to make its own amino acids. And uh, we've had Dr. Seneff on our show a couple of times, and her work has been showing that glycine can be from the glyphosate, which is a synthetic glycine that's different than ours and that it has a methyl group attached to it, is actually being incorporated into our proteins, Uh, that it's possible to do that. And you're saying um, it's also blocking formation of amino acids in our body. And then I was wondering, well, if it can incorporate glycine, could it incorporate other amino acids that are in pesticides because there are other amino acids that are used in different pesticides. So then I kind of started to wonder about that as well. But I, you know, knowing, you know, thinking about all these different things, like how does that start to process in your mind on how these different things are affecting us? Being able to make proteins, not being yeah. able to make proteins, having yeah. substitutions in our protein strands. Okay, here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. They call them essential amino acids because you cannot make them. Mm-hmm. But your life depends on them. They are essential amino acids. You can't build proteins without them. Got it? Okay. You cannot make them. Now, the thing about that is, is that when you look at not just you, you say essential amino acids, that but when you look downstream in the chemical reactions and you start to look at the population like Dr. Seneff did, what you begin to see is things like, serotonin is blocked because you can't make your tryptophan your dopamine is blocked which is what you need to prevent parkinson's disease that's blocked your uh just just every one of them i mean every every neurotransmitter in the human body is comes from these uh, uh, essential amino acids downstream and if we eat that food and it's not there 
then we begin to to, uh, deprive ourselves of things like uh, melatonin so we can't sleep, serotonin so we're not happy, uh, 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 adrenaline so we don't even get excited. Uh, All those are blocked. And uh, it's that, that, you know, that describes the human population in America right now. It does. It does have a, that is a pretty good description. Uh, Yeah. Because we have people on, one in four women are on an antidepressant. 99% of the Vicodin made in the world is used by the United States. Yeah. And, you know, the the painkillers and, and then the sources of these drugs are actually... Uh, GMO bacteria that have been fed GMOs, so we're we're getting even right. more glyphosate contamination uh, through some of these drugs, probably. And I know that we've um, people have been testing like the vaccines, and they found ten times uh, the allotted amount of um, glyphosate, which it's hard to believe that you know we even have a lot amount of glyphosate in vaccines. But when we have 10 times the amount of glyphosate, it's in the vaccine, it's in the breast milk. That's um, right. You know, it's just coming from all these different directions. And then we're giving it to our babies, our, you know, the fetuses are being exposed. Uh, the fetuses are being deprived of nutrition. They're or there another pesticide will saturate them with large amounts of estrogen uh, hormones. We have all these these pesticides are hormone disruptors. Like, how do you explain that to people when you're talking about a hormone disruptor? It's an uh, an endocrine disruptor, and what that does is uh, hormones are signal molecules that sort of uh, initiate some biochemical pathway for a reason, and when you uh, disrupt them. Uh, you, you know, you end up with uh, uh, boys who begin to uh, get breast. You end up with uh, girls who begin to uh, mature much too early in life. Uh, you end up with uh, just all kinds of strange maladies uh, occurring. Which, and you know, fertility. In world, okay. <laughs> oh, fertility in men. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, being certainly. able to have, you know, even have children. We have... I mean, these, you know, these specialty clinics used to never exist. We didn't have right. a problem with fertility at this scale. I really don't think that we did. And, and, and we never had ADHD. We never had uh, the autism problems. We never had, you know, the Parkinson's is going off the charts. And these are all, all uh, uh, downstream from the amino acid production. So... So all of that could be in, interrelated. And so when uh, when you started doing this treatment uh, on this uh, on the, these two, uh, well, the one you had the one orchard and then the control. Uh, what was the rea- what was the reaction of the farmers as you were going through this process? Oh, uh, disbelief! It was disbelief, uh, uh, and. Um Okay, essentially what I'm saying is is that if you have a problem, you had your finger creating it. And so you have to change your cultural practices. And part of the problem there is is that that's very hard for people to accept that their, econ- their economic demise, that they had their own finger in creating. That's very difficult psychologically to accept. But over time, they begin to see it for their eyes, you know, and see it for themselves. And so... Uh, you know, it just uh, it just became sort of obvious. So so over time, they do make the move, but it's very difficult because nobody wants to take responsibility for a problem that they've created. 
Yeah, and and so um, and actually, like when you started uh, talking about the other things on how the citra, the psyllid was attracted to the lighter color yellow on the leaf. Right. It reminds me a lot of the story of um, how organic the concept of organic was developed, and I the name of the person um, slips my mind, but I know that they noticed that there were like some plants, uh, broccoli plants, like at the end of the row that maybe wasn't getting quite the nutrition. Uh, there would be like right. a lot of bugs on that plant where the rest of the the row would be perfectly free of bugs and so right. his his hypothesis was that, that that particular plant was weaker and the bugs were attracted to the weaker plant so like bugs actually have a purpose we a lot of times we ask like what the heck why do we have all these bugs um but in my mind ever since i learned that i've just thought you know because we're so many of these plants are so weak. They're missing so much nutrition. Uh, they're not able to create things to, to its full capacity. And now I, you've got me thinking, you know, that the color, yes, that color could definitely have a role in it because it's not green. It's yellow. So that's a sign to right. the bug. It's deficient. It's weak. And we want only the, the strongest plants to evolve into the next the next crop. And so right. bugs actually have a, an important role. As garbage collectors. And yes, to recycle the nutrition that was acquired. Uh, but when you block the essential amino acids, uh, you're really blocking enzyme production. And that blocks the pigments. It blocks all the signal molecules, all the building blocks for protein. And, it, you know, and then if you have something that's tying up the micronutrients, the enzymes, even if they were made, even if they were made without the micronutrient, they won't work. And the micronutrient, like I've had, I remember back when we were first, um, when I first started learning about organic and I would taste the difference. I would see the difference in the, in the different farming methods and what was produced as a result of it. And, you know, when you think about how we're, you know, we're blocking all of these different things in from ending up from going from the soil into the plant. Uh, it totally makes sense that we would have all these things missing and that it was going to affect the, the end result. But it's also right. affecting the plant as it's growing, which is attracting these bugs. And do you find that, um, like, as you start to... Uh, go through this process, which you said, you know, you're, you're breaking down the poisons in the soil with what, what was the product you use for that? It, it was, it's called NutriSmart. NutriSmart. And what's in that? It is essentially just humates with some yeast that have the ability to uh, fix nitrogen, uh, make potash and phosphorus available. But it also had a unique characteristic of being able to grow really well with uh, glyphosate as its uh, uh, food source, so that's why we used it. So it kind of it kind of just hijacks those other amino acids for its own purpose. That it it chews up the glyphosate, and when the glyphosate is eliminated or it gets down to a low enough level, then the plant can then begin to make their own amino acids themselves. Oh, okay. So, yeah. and I love I love the way you kind of take this whole system and take it like step by step because you know like I, I i was explaining to you i liken uh what you do in the beginning like when someone has to be rushed to the emergency room 
because right. there there is a life and death situation there. There is a, ba- right. a, a life and death balance where it could go one way or the other if an intervention isn't done. And right. so when you guys come in, your main priority is to, you know, especially when there's no leaves being produced on the, on the tree, um, that's a definite indication that the tree is dying uh, when, right. there, when there's no leaves. I could, could I share just a couple other things? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, the U.S. Geological Society, that's your tax dollars at work, uh, they collect rain samples and they find glyphosate in 75% of all rain. Wow. They all, they also find the glyphosate in all surface water and it's in the air. So you can go in your house and have your air filtered. A tree is stuck. It's immobile. It's, it's being now the argument that I hear is that, Oh, but it's only one and a half parts per billion. Well, what I say then is, is that, when I go to the doctor and he says, take 30 milligrams of aspirin, and that will help you with heart attacks and stroke, prevent your blood from clotting, and a whole host of other things. Now, that 30, each milligram per kilo is a part per million, right? But I weigh, I weigh 100 kilos. Got it? Mm-hmm. So if if I weigh 100 kilos, now we're talking about that aspirin's working at the part per billion level. So if an aspirin at the parts per billion level can have all those effects on me, why can't the parts per billion of a chemical have that same kind of effect, uh, biochemical effect, on a, on a tree? And you are and, uh, you are so right, Frank. You're that's what Dr. Lundgren, Dr. Jonathan Lundgren, the USDA scientist. Uh, that was suspended uh, from his job. He put everything, his whole reputation and job on the line for us to try and tell us what he found. And he found that at one part per billion is all that you need. That That is enough to kill the butterflies. That is enough to kill the bees. Right, right. And then they didn't like him saying that. So they right. suspended right. him from his job. So that's exactly what you're saying, Frank. That we're, right, exactly. we're we need to be looking at this at the at the true proportion that we're really not thinking about it in context of our our bodies, which is upsetting to me too. When we look at the toxic effect, um, because right. what is what has been determined as like some safe level, which I've had scientists say there is no safe level because no matter how small of a drop, it's still a biocide, like you said, um, it's right. still going to destroy cells and kill them. Um, but we're we're looking at an adult male. We're not looking at a fetus, a child. Right. And right. so, you know, how how do you look at that? At like, I love that. I love how your brain was working mathematically there on looking at these proportions. And so, how should we be looking at the proportions that um, our babies and our fetuses and children are being exposed to? Yes, they are at the parts per billion level. And it's constant. If it's in the water, it's in the air, it's in the soil, it's in the food, it's constant. So the only thing you can do is lower lower your exposure to it by, by trying to eat as much organic or grow grow as much as you can by yourself. That's the only the only solution there is. Right. And I I agree with that solution as well. It's just like why and it comes down to the total pesticide load. 
that we're taking in per day. And there's some right. things, like right. you said, that we can control, like what food we buy, whether we grow our own food. And there's some things we can't control, like this glyphosate in the rain. But your right. system, your approach that you're taking towards the solving this problem long term, right? That's what you're looking right. at. Right. And so, um, you know, how what's the next thing that you take the farmer through once they've uh, once you take made it through this first stage of saving the life, <laughs> they've left the emergency room. They're now making some of their own amino acids. Where yeah. do you take it from there? Well, then you go to how do you substantially change your herbicide program or your cultural practices that limit the amount of herbicides you're putting down on your land. That's number one. I would say number two, when you when you realize that the herbicides uh, might be causing some of the problems, you can then over time reduce some of your insecticide sprays and get some biology into the soil, get some carbon into the soil, get some uh, uh, something for the microbes to to have a house and a place to live and food and be able to compete. And that would be like a cover crop. A cover crop would be an awesome idea. Then there wouldn't be a need for the uh, uh, the, the herbicide as much. You could really cut it back substantially. Yeah. When I see orchards that have nothing growing in the ground between those trees, um, right. that makes me think that they were spraying. They were. Yes. They were. So, uh, and some of the, we we have like on our nuts and, and oranges and we're using atrazine, we're using um, that flu, flu boat. I can't say it, but there was one that they just discontinued right. uh, that was right. so bad. It's accumulating and these pesticides, right. uh, Dr. Sunoff said, are accumulating in our bone marrow. Yes, they, they are. Yeah. And, and and but that's and that's exactly what you saw, right? In the plant. Yes. Yes. Is that accumulation? Yeah. And then um what to me when you say this bacteria was able to take over, it's because of this suppression in our immune system. It leaves the plant open to all kinds of disease and it's also leaving right. us open to all right. kinds of disease. Well, uh, if we get back to Koch's postulate, we haven't really said that this uh, bacteria in the tree is a plant disease yet. No one, no one can say with authority that that bacteria is the cause of the, the disease. No one can, because they, they haven't completed the circle. They haven't taken a sick tree, and you know they haven't taken somebody. Uh, um, with a bad disease, injected it in somebody healthy, and that some person who's healthy should get sick from the same disease. They have not done that. So it they could be the immune the system. It would be. It would have to be the immune system then. It would we... have to be the immune system, and this guy it just took the opportunity uh, to hitchhike into a plant and grow. And once the we have demonstrated that, well, that's once surfactant the plant... <laughs> opens up the pores. Yeah. No, these guys are coming in through the, you know, whether they're coming in through the psyllid or the soil, doesn't matter. But they're in there. They're clogging things up. The thing is, is when you restore the plant's ability to uh, uh, make its own amino acids, then what happens is the amino acids become antibiotics and suppress that guy. And he's he doesn't even show up in, in, in the lab testing anymore. So that that's that's the deal. So it's you a non it's a non it's a non issue after you get uh, right, a, get right. a healthy after tree get, again. 
That's exactly right. So, a, so yeah. the answer that our government, where they're coming into our neighborhoods and spraying our homes, uh, only for, forcing blocking. forcing the farmers to spray their fields, this is actually causing more of a problem. That's right. It's causing more of a problem. It's okay. it's gonna it it will cause their inevitable demise. Okay, so hey, <laughs> there we go, everybody. And it comes right from someone that has, like, witnessed um, the resurrection of an orange orchard, uh, which must have been, like, such a thrill. And did you – were you able to treat the other 20 acres and revive them as well? Or have you started that? He's he's doing that himself. We're trying to – we don't have a control anymore because he's moving the products on the control area. But we are working on other farms, so okay. we do have other, other tests set up. Okay, well, um, I really want to thank you for all your time today, Frank. And would you do you have any last uh, words and websites that you want to send people to, or anything like that, to to kind of leave people with some thoughts on where they where they should go from here? Yeah, they could just go to performancenutrition.com and and look up Citrus Greening Program. It's very simple, very easy, and very effective. Anywhere we've tried it, we haven't failed. And we've actually got, you know, been working with the USDA and several universities. So, yeah, I bet they're happy. Um, I mean, are you getting responses from other countries as well? Some other interests? No, 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 we haven't. We haven't. No, we're a small little. Actually, we're a small little chemical company. (laughs) So it's not like we're against chemicals. Uh, All we did is saw what produced the problem and say, if you eliminate the, the causes, the problem will begin to solve itself. That's all we did. It's no big deal. Well, if it takes a, a few, you know, the thing is we're we're working towards a system that's going to reduce the amount of pesticides that we're using. And if, you know, we have to do a little, like, saving, you know, there in the beginning, and then we start to work towards this other self-sufficient, safer program that isn't exposing farmers and, and neighbors and communities to these pesticides, then this is the most sound advice that I've ever heard. <laughs> so I really want to thank you, Frank, and uh, tell everyone over there at Performance Nutrition, we said thanks for your, letting us have your time today, and um, we hope that some people will take an interest in this, and we're definitely going to uh, talk to some more farmers here. I truly hope so, and thank you so much for the opportunity to talk. I talk to anybody who will listen. Okay. I'm kind of the same way. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And everyone, uh, you know, remember that you can go to our social media, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook. We're on all those different things. Google Plus. Uh, We put our videos up there. And plus, KCAARadio.com has our videos, our podcasts. All that's right there. So, you know, download and listen to them while you're doing your work, and you'll find out you're going to be a smart shopper, and that's what we want. Thanks so much for listening, and tune again next next Tuesday, 1 o'clock p.m., right here on KCA Radio. Thanks, for, thanks a lot. Bye. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM.